Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Jess Armine coming to you from the Centers for Bioindividualized Medicine here in southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, as you know, bioindividualized medicine takes genetics and integrative medicine to a new level by combining the knowledge of neuroendoimmunology, epigenetics, acquired or secondary mitochondrial dysfunction and cell wall integrity, the practitioner trained and experienced in this arena has the capability of identifying and treating not only the root cause of dysfunction, but also the downstream effect. In other words, fixing people, identifying problems when we haven't been able, no one else has been able to find them before. And that is the subject of tonight's lecture and tonight's discussion. We're going to be talking about mitochondrial disease or mitochondrial dysfunction, which is one of the most overlooked and poorly understood, but mostly overlooked aspects of chronic illness. And we are absolutely honored by the presence of Jean Shepard. Jean is a 70-year-old Scottish-born Canadian. Jean lives on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. After retiring on medical grounds from being an educator of deaf children, it took six years before she was diagnosed with mitochondrial disease in 1991. Jean's experience with being a caregiver for her mother with frontal lobe dementia and given the addition of profound bilateral deafness, swallowing problems, and bladder problems, most likely for mitochondrial disease, and of raising identical twin sons, one now diagnosed with mitochondrial disease in the days before mitochondrial disease was even heard of. This gave her a broad-based knowledge, which she has drawn upon as a group owner of several international support groups for over 10 years. Jean has volunteered for the Patient-Oriented Mitochondrial Disease Action Network for a number of years as adult support and works hard at spreading the awareness of mitochondrial dysfunction. And I am absolutely tickled and honored that she agreed to do this show for us. Welcome, Jean. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing just fine, thank you. Uh, do I call you Jess? You can call me Jess. You can call me Dr. Jess. Just don't call me late for dinner. Uh, it's okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you can call me anything you like. Um, Jean, I'm, I'm really, this is a very exciting show for me specifically, and I know for many people out there, because uh, mitochondrial problems are um, very poorly understood. So I, I guess we should start at the beginning. What are mitochondria? The mitochondria are tiny, microscopic, look a little bit like um, swollen inserts into slippers that you wear. And they live inside your cells, every cell except the red blood cells. And uh, in the amount of anywhere from 700 to 4,000 plus in each cell. Um, And the muscles of your eye have in excess of 4,000 mitochondria in each cell. So uh, they are very, very small. What do they do? What is the purpose of having the mitochondria? Well, um, anything that moves requires energy. And the mitochondria are the 
minuscule little energy factories inside your cell. They take the oxygen that you breathe and the food that you eat that's manufactured into glycogen in your liver and put it together and add some uh, additions that it makes in the body itself and outspits energy at the other, uh, other end of the factory. So you have an income, incoming door into the factory that has oxygen and glycogen, and on the way through there are five different compartments in the, the factory, and at the other end we get energy. That is, um, that's amazing. Please tell me, um, well, you've already said why our bodies require energy. In other words, we need energy to perform any kind of function. But what happens when the mitochondria are not able to keep up with the energy demands of the body? Well, um, if, the, if the energy, um, it's like having an old car. An old car doesn't function as well as a new car because the new car has now got more stuff in it that helps it work a little bit better. So uh, I live in an old car body. Uh, My uh, cells are not able to function as well as uh, the cells in a new car body. And so I I run a... out of energy. Uh, in the mitochondrial world, we talk about spoons. And we start off the day with so many spoons. And when we get up in the morning, we have a shower, and that consumes, oh, anywhere from three to five spoons. We start off with maybe 40 or 50 spoons. Uh, then we get dressed, and there's another two spoons gone. And we eat our, our meal, and there's another two spoons for the eating and swallowing, and uh, three spoons for the digestive pro- process. And so it goes. If we nap, we gain some spoons. And uh, that's what happens when your body um, has a low energy supply. So what makes mitochondrial or mito, which is like what everybody's calling it, mito, uh, different from deconditioning and low motivation? What's what's the difference? Because I would think that, that one of the, more difficult things that you'd have to put up with would be other people who don't understand what you're going through and what you just described would look like somebody who would be depressed or just has low motivation or simply doesn't have uh, proper conditioning that they can perform their activities of daily living. What, what makes Mito different from those things? Well, in many ways... Um, Mito tends to to get that way um, because you're not able physically because you don't have the energy uh, to uh, keep up with the demands of uh, the activities of daily living. And um, as I've got older, I'm able to do less. Uh, And... 
uh, they say that uh, mitochondrial disease, or sorry, mitochondria uh, contribute to the aging process because as you age, uh, uh, some of the mitochondria in your cells die, and uh, so your cell isn't able to do as much. I was always curious about this. I, you know, I, I know a, a bunch about mitochondrial disease because I, I treat it on a regular basis. But um, why this? Why does this disease? This disease <clears throat> vary in individuals, even in the same family with similar backgrounds and so forth. Uh, that's always confused me. Okay. Um, <laughs> When 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 doctors go to medical school, um, they have before they go into medical school studied physics and uh, Einstein, Einstein's law of energy, but that seems to get lost um, during the the medical school process. And you look at a flat picture, if you go to uh, your cardiologist, he has a picture of the heart, and he'll, he'll show you how the heart functions. Uh, if you go to the um, orthopedic specialist, he'll show you the picture of the, the human skeleton, and he'll explain to you how uh, things move and, and, and everything else. But uh, the concept that you need energy in order to move these things um, uh, seems to get lost and too many doctors have uh, just don't have that um, insight into the need for energy in order for anything to, to, to work. Uh, and why is it different between different people in the same family? Well, uh, I, I may get... Uh, not enough energy in order to uh, hear. Uh, I, I am deaf, although not completely deaf. I wear hearing aids. That's because the energy in my uh, brain for, for the hearing function uh, isn't getting uh, enough energy in order to perform like it should be, uh, or vision. And... Um, uh, I know for myself, uh, I have um, uh, some gastrointestinal problems, uh, and one of my sons has the same kind, and the other one uh, has has um, a diarrhea kind of uh, problems rather than uh, problems with uh, movement. Mm. So, uh, so, it's so what does my feel like? On the, the distribution of the energy. I'm sorry. Uh. So no, so it depends. It could be a daily thing. It depends on the distribution of the energy, the energy demands on the body, whether the person's ill with different diseases and so forth. Uh, essentially, it's a supply and demand thing. Um, exactly. Is that what you're saying? So yes. what does it feel like to if if people were going to say or want to think that you know uh, you know there's a lot of parents and and um, <clears throat> very sophisticated individuals out there. I have the um, the absolute pleasure of, of talking to a lot of people during the week. And I have to tell you that um, many, if not all, of the uh, individuals I, I have the pleasure of chatting to 
are very medically or scientifically sophisticated people. And uh, they're on a quest to uh, either heal their children or heal, them, heal themselves. And one of the questions they're, they're asking, as they should, is what is, uh, if I'm going to be looking at my child or I'm looking at myself, what does Mito feel like? Ooh, Mito feels like uh, you're walking uphill. Uh, Mito feels like uh, uh, there is no downhill. It's always walking uphill. Uh, Mito feels like um, it, it, it gets to your inside. Um, lots of people say, I hate Mito. I don't hate Mito. I've learned to live with it. I've learned to listen to my body. And when my body says, whoa, uh, I'd better be woeing pretty fast or I'm going to run out of energy. And then it's sleep time. When, um, what diseases? Uh, we have a lot of people who still have the... Um, um, the disease paradigm. They, uh, what, one of the purposes <clears throat> of this show and, and and my practice is to empower people to realize that they are not they they are not their disease. They are not a fibromyalgia person. They are not a fluffy person. They are a person who has inflammation or has an illness secondary to some type of insult, but they are not their disease. Thereby, in my estimation, there is very I don't believe that there's a disease out there that cannot be cured as long as you start thinking in that manner. So what diseases have been shown to be related uh, to mitochondrial dysfunction? Uh, just one second. Um, there's a bunch of them. Um, Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, uh, Alzheimer's, de dementia, Parkinson's, Huntington disease, uh, ALS, uh, mental retardation, uh, deafness, blindness, diabetes, obesity, cardiovascular disease, stroke, um, uh, even autoimmune diseases like multiple sclerosis, children's syndrome, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, um, just... just uh, probably a whole lot more uh, than that that just have not been related, uh, found mm -hmm. to be have related yet. Well, taking from your from your website, I'm going to I'm going to say absent reflexes, fainting, neuropathic pain, dysautonomia, and uh, people who are experiencing know that to be a dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system, temperature instability, and so forth. Weakness, cramping, gastrointestinal problems, dysmotility, irritable bowel syndrome, yep. hypotonia, muscle pain, gastroesophageal reflux, diarrhea or constipation, pseudoobstruction, renal tubular acidosis or wasting, cardiac conduction defects like heart blocks and so forth, cardiomyopathy, hypoglycemia, liver failure, visual loss and blindness, psoriasis, uh, I can't pronounce the other word because it's too long. Optic atrophy, uh, hearing loss and deafness, uh, acquired strabismus, retinitis, uh, parathyroid failure, 
failure to gain weight, failure to lose weight, fatigue, unexplained vomiting, short stature. In other words, I love what you wrote here. Consider mitochondrial disease when three or more organ systems are involved. Yes. I like that, Gene. That is a great yeah. little hint. When people have multi-system involvement, consider mitochondrial disease. That is that that one phrase is going to help thousands of people because all of a sudden they can say, "Oh my God!" So when they say one or more organ systems are involved, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if if you look at um, uh, the ears, uh, you're, you're sent to a, uh, an audiologist or, or to uh, an ear, nose, and throat specialist. And he uh, puts on his telescope that, that uh, looks in the ears and uh, sees what happens in the ears and sends to your uh, family physician uh, a report that uh, talks about what's happening in your ears. And, oh, gee whiz, you, you, you have high sugars. Maybe we better send you to a, a metabolic person. And a metabolic person does the tests and with their telescope and send a report back uh, saying, well, we found some diabetes here. And uh, your, your family physician sa- says, well, we've got all these things coming up, um, but how are they related? And that's the problem. Is in relating um, all of these body systems that have problems and saying this isn't somebody that's coming in that has um, a conversion disorder that uh, um, is pretending they're sick. This is somebody that has a real illness. And um, uh, how do I find this out? And, and that is why it is so critical to get the word out three or more body systems, or two, and uh, relation to somebody that already has it. In good other words, point. Uh, Very good point. You have, uh, you have a, a predisposition towards having it. That is a really, really good point. I, um, so if people are starting to feel like they're falling apart, because different organ systems are stopping working or they're having dysfunction, they should consider mitochondrial disease, yes? Yes. Okay. How do you get mito? Well, there have been many people that have been told you get mito from your mother. And uh, that is only, I don't know, maybe one-third of the truth. the mitochondria themselves live in your cells. They are actually bacteria. And so they have a nice cozy little home inside the cell, uh, uh, and the cell is very happy to have it there because the, the mitochondria makes the energy for the cell. And in return, the nucleus orders in the coenzyme Q10 and the other stuff that uh, the factory needs in order to process the glycogen and oxygen into energy at the other end. So you have a symbiotic relationship. Exactly. And um, you better ask me. You better ask me your question again because I've got sidetracked. No, it's okay. I was, I was asking, how do you get mito? 
Okay, I know okay, some of it. And, sorry. And the mitochondria themselves have right. their own DNA. And uh, the DNA, as I, uh, the mitochondria, as I said before, are in every cell except the red blood cells. And so uh, the sperm has mitochondria, and the mitochondria of the, spe- uh, the sperm are located in the tail of the sperm. And that is because the uh, tail does the swimming in order to get to the egg. And when head of the sperm enters the egg, the tail falls off. So at a conception or fertilization, you have the genetics of the female, um, including the mitochondrial DNA, but you only have the nuclear DNA of the male showing up. So in that case, the mother um, gives mitochondria disease to all her children, but in varying amounts or percentages, kind of like a, a glass jar. Inside the glass jar, there are black balls and white balls. The white balls are, are mitochondria that work, and the black balls are uh, mitochondria that don't work. And so the more black balls there are in the uh, fertilized egg, the uh, greater the penetration of mitochondrial disease into the um, new, newly developed fetus. That's one way. But I, I said that there's more to it than that. I said that the nucleus provides the... Um, uh, it, it's the boss in, in the cell. And all these little factories do what they're told, and the boss delivers the the um, uh, raw materials that the factory requires. So, um, oh, your 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 explanation's great. Go ahead, please. Uh, okay, so so we've got the 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 nucleus. Uh, having a say in the developing baby too. And sometimes there is absolutely nothing wrong with the woman's mitochondrial DNA, but there is problems with the, the nuclear DNA in uh, providing the necessities uh, for the factory to do its job. So therefore you get nuclear DNA and you get the whole um, uh, recessive inheritance factors and the dominant uh, factors and the X-linked factors and uh, all of that uh, ha- I put as a link um, on the, on the um, links that, I, that you have put up on the website. Speaking of links, um, um, all the links that you gave me are presently on on my Facebook page. And as soon as we get a couple of glitches worked out in my website, it'll be in the resources area of the website. So anybody who needs to 
find out more and needs help uh, can access those links. <clears throat> Why is mito referred to as an invisible disease? Uh, well, most of the people with mito, um, or many of the people with mito, don't look sick. Um, and it's kind of like the old car again. Um, you can keep a, an old car by polishing it up and, and, uh, and everything else. You can keep it looking pretty good. Maybe not quite as good as a, as a, a new car, but um, certain, certainly with a little spit and polish, you can, you can uh, look pretty much like anybody else. And so it, it's often hard to uh, convince doctors that uh, what is going on is um, not all in your brain. It actually is all in your mitochondria. Really? Okay. Um, you know, obviously more people than I would suspect are affected by this disease. How many people would you say are affected by the disease? And, and frankly, how sick can you get? Can you die from this? Absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in the last 24 hours, there have been two people uh, die that I know of, and I have about 500 <clears throat> friends or more uh, on Facebook, and that is in amongst the people that um, <clears throat> I have as friends as, on Facebook. There are more children with mitochondrial disease die than there are in all of the childhood can cancers combined. Wow. And that's a shocking. That's that shocking. is a shocking statistic. Um, and, and you want another you know, statistic? Please. There's one in 4,000, uh, between two and 4,000 um, people diagnosed with mitochondrial disease, and that is likely go down... Uh, or lower one in whatever, um, as people learn more about mitochondrial disease and the effects that uh, mitochondrial dysfunction has. We have a lot of parents on, and I'm sure that your, um, your statement that uh, more children die of mitochondrial disease than all the childhood cancers has just raised a whole mess of eyebrows. Uh, once again, um, what would they look for in their children who may have multiple symptoms, and what would they look for so that they could say, "What well, this kid has mitochondrial disease and we better start checking things? Well, I, I think that uh, if your child um, is, is failure to thrive, if uh, they're showing... Um, breathing problems, if they're showing um, uh, problems with, with coping with, with hot and cold, uh, if they're uh, sh showing cramping, weakness, gastrointestinal, um, oh, seizures, um, Acting like they have cerebral palsy, but it's not not typical cerebral palsy. 
features of autism, um, mental retardation, some some of them. Um, Some of them have uh, neuropsychiatric disturbances, um, uh, often often located in the frontal lobe kind of behavior, Uh, Mm -hmm. weakness, absent reflexes, just just uh you name the body the body part and uh, and um if that body part isn't functioning well then uh, and there's more than uh three three or more body parts that aren't functioning well they should be being checked for mitochondrial disease is the uh presentation the same in adults it, yes. it sounds like it sounds like it would be. Um, yes. There's a, is there treatment for mitochondrial disease? Um. <laughs> Actually, what, what? let me go back for just a moment. How does one discover if you do have mitochondrial disease before we talk about treatment? So How you does, want a diagnosis? What, no, I want to know what the diagnostic process is and uh, how okay. it is. What should you what should you expect from your physician to check into mitochondrial disease? Okay, you, when when you when you go to your physician, the the types of testing that they normally do, um, generally speaking, come back within the range of normal limits. So. Uh, in order to to do that, we have to then go into the metabolic clinic and do the the basic chemistries, the complete blood count, uh, lactate level, blood lactate, pyruvate, the lactate pyruvate ratio, uh, plasma amino acids, liver enzymes, ammonia, uh, CPK, that's creatinine kinase. Uh, plasma acrocarnitine, quantitative urine organic acids. Uh, And many of those now will start to show things that are, um, uh, should alert the doctor to something being wrong beyond just what they were originally checking for. Mm. In other words... Go ahead. When they see somebody presenting something, they think that there is a horse coming into their their um, office. And uh, when they see these different uh, testing coming in, oh, maybe we're dealing with a zebra. Uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of doctors uh, are not are not well trained in uh, in mitochondrial disease, and um, so if you determine that someone has mitochondrial disease, what kind of treatment is what kind of treatments are available that uh, will make a difference? Um, at this point in time, where they're using uh, coenzyme Q10 because it um, goes in between complexes three and four, in other words, Inside the mitochondrial fa- factory, there are um, uh, 
little workbenches that that do different jobs, and between each workbench there are uh, different um, cofactors uh, go in to um, help with the process of converting the the food and oxygen into energy and carbon dioxide. Um, and so the coenzyme Q10 is something that's been done. There have been some researches done on that uh, as its effectiveness, um, but for many insurance companies, there haven't been enough. Uh, L-carnitine, or uh, it's sold as Carnitor, um, has been tested and um, in some cases is covered and in some cases isn't. The B vitamins, B1, B2, uh, B12, uh, are frequently um, suggested. Alpha-lipoic acid are frequently uh, suggested as, as treatment. None of them at this point have been uh, proven to be um, safe or effective, but they uh, are known to be, without being tested, uh, enhancing metabolic function. On my uh, Facebook page, I just I just put a picture of the mitochondrial electron transport chain in case anybody wants to look at it. Go ahead. Yes. Um, and uh, at this point, there are testings now being done. Um, there's Edison is uh, is uh, in clinical trials for EPI 743, and so far in Children, it's being it's being shown to be safe and well tolerated and no toxicity, but it has not been through all of the the trials enough to satisfy um, governments uh, in order to give them safe drug status at this time. There's also a new one being tried, EPI 589, which is just in clinical trials. Um, First phase one complete and phase two, phase one A in progress. Whatever that means. There's their whole, you know, process of, you know, w- what they do to, you know, make sure that um, drugs are allegedly safe. Yes. And then uh, Cortigen is, is uh, doing assays on. Uh, ASD patients, and uh, the, the, there are several small companies just starting to to work on uh, stealth uh, peptides. Is producing something called Bendavia that will be going to international trials by the end of this year. Used on Alzheimer's patients, uh, mitochondrial disease. Uh, and that is about it. Um, there is, at this point, no treatment that has been proven. So, so I gather there is not there is not a known cure at the moment. No known cure. 
And how come the public doesn't hear so much about Mito? Um, well, I was diagnosed in 1991. Um, I uh, was uh, started to be worked up in 1986, and the first heard about Mito in 1981. So the organizations that we have um, don't have the kind of money that is necessary in order to um, go, go the, the, the route of making prime-time commercials, educational commercials. And that's what's needed. The um, what are the biggest challenges uh, facing the mito community right now? Because <clears throat> there's a lot of people out there with this with uh, this dysfunction. What are the biggest challenges that but, you see there? Um, the biggest challenges are uh, educating doctors. Um, I I I see educate making making mitochondrial disease a household word. Um, mm-hmm. Cystic fibrosis has the same kind of uh, one in four thousand type of um, um, uh, what's the word I want? Um, uh, Incident. Help me out here. Uh, occurrence. Okay. Um, and yet, I I know about cystic fibrosis, uh, generally speaking, not possibly uh, to the extent that somebody that suffers with it, but I, I do know of its existence. But for most people, it's mito what, what? Even in our own families. Um, it is absolutely not unusual for family members to look at you as being lazy or uh, not well motivated or uh, so on. Uh, So that is another issue. I think also, uh, given the the recent um, appearance in the media of uh, somebody with mitochondrial disease being um, seized, and uh, diagnosed with a somatoform disorder in Boston um, makes it, uh, brings to the forefront what has been happening to uh, way too many people internationally is uh, seizure of children, uh, parents charged with with medical abuse. Um, Adults charged with with conversion disorder. In other words, it's all in your head. Uh, And that goes on your reports. And your chances of getting treatment after that become uh, compromised. Yes. And that is happening, um, well, I won't say daily, but certainly uh, internationally. Uh, I, I, I've been around the, the, the mitochondrial community for a number of years, 
And it's not a matter of count on one finger how many, uh, or one hand how many times I've heard this. It's counting, uh, uh, using an abacus and um, many times over. Well, how do we, it looks like we need to, um, need to inform the public, inform the doctors. Uh, how do you set up care for a uh, mito patient? What kind of care do they require? Uh, it depends on uh, the body system that, that um, uh, is affected. Uh, for for uh, uh, myself, I've had treatment for glaucoma, um, and glaucoma is something that does happen with mitochondrial disease patients. Um, I, I use I use uh, breathing assistance at night, um, mm-hmm. and uh, there, there are people with uh, G tubes, G J tubes. Um, you, you, pretty much you, the whole gamut of uh, vents. Um, so you're talking about more supportive supportive type care for what somebody already has. Exactly. Wherever wherever the dysfunction is. Um, exactly. Well, uh, I know where can a physician go to to learn more about or to get to get help. Well, um, they can they can they can start by putting in mitochondrial uh, disease uh, or disorder uh, in Google and see what comes up, but. Um, uh, the site for mitoaction.org has a lot of information and uh, particularly a, a section for doctors. Um, the uh, umdf.org, that's the United Mitochondrial Disease Foundation, has Mito 101 that has a, a number of articles on various different um, uh, forms of treatment, for example, they, they have have one on audiology, and they have one on on um, uh, the actual the actual treatments, the different treatments. They have have it on uh, anesthetics because people with mitochondrial disease need to have special. Uh, anesthesia um, treatment. They can't have Ringer's lactate. They can. They should have saline with electrolytes. They should have dextrose uh, with five, five or ten percent, or even fifteen percent, in order to keep that uh, uh, sugars going in during the the treatment uh, or the, the surgery. And uh, many, but not all. Uh, cannot tolerate propofol. Really? Yep. Hmm. Propofol is the uh, milk of amnesia that is usually used in short-term procedures like colonoscopies. Uh, It's also the uh, drug that killed Michael Jackson, in case anybody uh, is interested in what propofol is. Yes. There is... um, 
you had mentioned before, before we started the show, that there are medications that can affect mitochondrial function. Right. Could you could um, you expound on that a bit? Can I expound on that? All right. Um, I'm I'm diabetic. Um, my my um, uh, islets of what is it? Um, uh, can't, can't produce enough insulin, or they they say you're supposed to exercise in order to treat diabetes. But if I exercise, I use energy, and my blood sugars go sky high. If I have a nice quiet day, no stress, my blood sugars are down low. But generally speaking, they um, prescribe metformin for um, people with diabetes. Well, metformin can cause lactic acidosis, which, is, as you know, is a, is a med- medical emergency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do very well on insulin. And most people who are uh, who have mitochondrial disease um, do well with their control on insulin. Uh, Depakote, the valp- valproic acid, uh, can cause hepato- hepatopathy. Is that how you say it? Uh, liver dysfunction and, and actually I have had a friend who who lost a child to it and another one whose uh, child had to have a liver tran- transplant oh because my. of uh, Depakote or Valproid um, cholesterol meds they fight with the, the uh, body supply CoQ10 to the the um, Mitochondria between complexes three and four, and so you get myopathy. Well, that's great. You get myopathy if, if you're using cholesterol mens, and then your heart doesn't work like it should. So, it, it, uh, and it's regularly prescribed uh, as Lipitor and such. Uh, many of the barbiturates are a problem. Uh, uh, steroids, some of the steroids, uh, uh, some of the antibiotics. This oh, beta blockers. Let, let us, let's not. Uh, I'm let, sorry. My, my, my floxy patients uh, are, are probably jumping up and down at the moment. Uh, let us not, um, you know, forget to mention that the fluoroquinolone antibiotics will specifically crash the mitochondria. I, we see that in all right. of the floxy patients. And uh, although antibiotics may be very, very important for life-saving procedures, the fluoroquinolones seem to be more toxic uh, than any of the other antibiotics on the market. And one of the major things that they cause to become dysfunctional is the mitochondria. Right, right. I, I just, I was just trying to go through and pick pick some of them out. Uh, <laughs> well, the we have, other we, one we is have a lot. <laughs> We have a lot of floxy patients that, that listen to our show, and I wanted to give, I wanted ah. to let them know that we weren't forgetting about them because they're they're my they're my best people, you know, and I love them to death. Uh, I really do. They're, they're the best well, you, people I've ever met. You're going to start to love mitle people too. <clears throat> oh, I love mitle people. You know, I can see I can see the contribution in pandas and any kind of illness that is considered chronic. There is a feature um, for for a lot or a little. 
of mitochondrial dysfunction. It almost goes along with the fact that you have the chronic illness. Whether it came before, it's a feature of, it's a secondary, it's secondary to chronic infection, but the mitochondria are always involved. Absolutely. I mean, the basic to life. Absolutely. Nothing moves without, without, without the energy. That, that, well, while, while we have a quick, a quick break here, um, I want to let everybody know that uh, they should call in with questions. Uh, we have about 10 minutes, 12 minutes left to the show. And um, the call-in number is 646-595-2277. If you've had any, um, if you have a child or, you, or yourself have been on a healing journey and you're um, wondering if you might have mitochondrial dysfunction, Gene uh, is probably the best person on the planet to ask about that. So uh, I would take advantage of her presence on the radio show and call in. Uh, and um, I will let Jean continue. Uh, I have a bunch of uh, links that I did put on my um, I did put on my Facebook page and will be on the website soon. But um, if you thought somebody in your family had mito, where would you go to? Who would you contact for more information? Well. It, it it depends if if you're in 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 an emergency situation. Um, Mito Action runs a, a, a program or through volunteers called Mito 411, and uh, I'm thinking that that is 1-800-MITO-411, and it's it's. Um, Manned by by um, volunteers, and the volunteers get help right away to somebody that needs the help. Uh, if somebody just needs to to talk something through, again, the volunteers on Mido One Hundred One uh, are there to help. Um, it's not to, uh, meant to be a substitute for professional advice. Uh, but um, they they can perhaps uh, link you up with where to go to get the the uh, professional services that you require. And um, well, I've also you already put said links, with, links up. I put links up uh, for how. Uh, uh, where to fill out a form for uh, having somebody from the United Mitochondrial Disease Foundation contact you with respect to finding a physician. And uh, MitoAction, I've got that link there as well, their link of um, doctors. And I believe I also have a link to um, the... International Mito patients, uh, where on their website they have uh, links to organizations in different com- countries, and I didn't bog everybody down with all of those. I gave the link where to go to find it. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, <clears throat> so this is also places where you can go to find doctors, uh, where there would be support for families asking questions. Uh, 
um, stuff like that. Um, where can you go to find others that are dealing with mitochondrial dysfunction? Uh, well, um, I, I run a, a support group through uh, Yahoo Groups called Adult Mito, and it is set up to be a very private group. In other words, you can't, can't just jo- uh, join. You have to be approved. And uh, the archives are closed so that uh, they're not searchable. Uh, that, that's one. The other that I would suggest is uh, Facebook, uh, although Facebook is very time-consuming, but there's a lot of, of smaller groups in Facebook that have been set up to be uh, secret or closed. Uh, the secret ones you don't find with search. You have to be invited to be involved. The others you can find on search. Uh, Mito Action has a, has a group. UMDF has a group. Um, Mito Canada has a group. Uh, I, I, I think I, I think the International Mito of Patients has a group. Yes, it, yes, it does. Um, all the all the small smaller groups pretty much put mm-hmm. up their own Facebook pages as well. well you also put a link about uh, the genetics concerning uh, mitochondrial dysfunction. Is that yes. correct? Okay, yes, I did. It's the first one in the list, I think. Okay. Genetics of mito. Because we uh, we've been working with that a lot on in our group of um, of practitioners, and um, we're finding that uh, most of the polymorphisms end up in complex one. Okay, with secondary being in complex five or three. Uh, ben Lynch um, found kind of the reason that that complex one gets um, blocked up, if you will. Okay, and it had to do mm-hmm. with uh, oxidized glutathione. And oxidized glutathione uh, was not allowing the electron donors into complex one. And um, we found that using uh, intravenous NAD or intravenous niacin, uh, Jake took that oxidized glutathione, which is GSSG, and then turned it back into reduced glutathione, which is what the body uses, opening up the pathway. And um, we've got several examples of people who have gotten their energy back, okay? Usually these are mostly my Floxy patients uh, by the use of these, those methodologies. Um, that's, I'm going to start reading all the stuff you gave me because, uh, you know, I wasn't aware of all this other information that was out there, which is great, you know, but I'm wondering if there isn't... Um, more help for people with mitochondrial dysfunction than what the uh, pharmaceutical companies are researching presently. Just curiosity. Well, I think I think that many people are using uh, uh, diets. Um, you you start to play with your diet to make, find out what you you makes you feel good, and um, mm-hmm. another thing that that. Um, uh, I have found this that when my energy flags, uh, I use my R and R, and R and R means rest and rehydration. 
And if anybody who is listening that knows me will kind of smile because I'm saying that all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> R&R, R&R will, is, is the first uh, line of defense uh, in restoring energy. And um, I'm, I'm talking about things like uh, coconut water, um, grandmother's uh, chicken soup, uh, lot, uh, lot, lots of the vegetables, lots of the, uh, of the fruit that contain uh, magnesium, that contain potassium, uh, eat bananas like crazy. Um, not doesn't work for everybody, but uh, uh, it, bananas are high in potassium, and so um, your your um, cells like to have, uh, or your mitochondria like, like to have lots of water to swim in inside the cells. And uh, when you uh, lose hydration in the cells, lose liquid in the cells, you need to put the electrolytes back in there in order to hold the liquid there. And uh, mitochondria just not, are not happy if they're not swimming comfortably. Oh, Jean, you are a wealth of information. You're an absolute gem. And uh, I know that the people who are suffering mitochondrial dysfunction are, are lucky they have you as their advocate because I know that you work tirelessly um, to... Uh, support the research, support uh, the people who have mitochondrial dysfunction, and you're constantly looking for uh, ways of making the quality of life better. And um, so I know that, you, that you're very well appreciated, and I really appreciate you being on our show tonight. Uh, guys, if there's anybody out there who needs to ask a question or would like to ask a question, we've got about 2 minutes and 30 seconds left, and uh, I'd like you to have the opportunity to ask Jean. Uh, any questions you might have? Um, everybody's kind of being kind of quiet tonight. We've got plenty of people in the chat room, but they're kind of kind of listening and and, and hiding out. I think, you know. <laughs> well, what I try it's to good. do is to try and explain things in in simple terms to mm -hmm. help people understand. I was a teacher of the deaf. I have lived with people that are deaf all my life, and so. My skill really is in taking things down and creating it into pictures that people can grab. I'm not as as big on the, the, the questions of what do you do for diagnosis, diagnosis or whatever. Uh, I try to well, break it down into bites. Well, you you answered can... those you answered those questions very well, and you've given it. And there's that nice lady telling us that we have 90 seconds left. <laughs> All right, well, is there any parting comments you'd like to uh, like to give uh, the audience presently? Uh, to all those with mitochondrial disease, love you all, chin up, uh, listen to your body, and R&R, &R, rest and rehydrate. Well, it looks like we have a one person who might... Yes, hold on. We'll see if they have a question. Hi. Okay. Hi. My Wait, name is we got Betty. All, we, have, we have a whole minute left. Ask quick. <laughs> I was just wondering if you could restate the websites 
the Facebook pages where you said the information will be located? I didn't quite if get you go, that. If you go get to my Facebook page, Dr. Jess Armine, okay, all okay. the uh, links, all the links that uh, Jean gave us um, are on a post that I just put up. And um, there's, a, there's a whole mess of them. And by tomorrow afternoon, it should be on my website. But right now, you can go, just go to uh, Dr. Jess Armine. You put it in the, in the search engine. You'll see, you'll see my smiling face. Just click in there, and you'll see the, uh, the list of links. Okay? Okay. Great. Thank you. you you're most welcome. Well, it looks like, uh, looks like it's another week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I really appreciate your, um, your attention. And I look forward to uh, next week and ongoing time because we have uh, many people that will benefit from this knowledge of mitochondria. I think the recording ended. I don't know. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me see something here. We can stay on the air for just a couple more minutes here. <clears throat> okay, anyway, uh, Gene, I really appreciate you being on the show, uh, especially from uh, Vancouver and British Columbia. And uh, I want to let uh, everybody know that in the upcoming weeks, we're going to have speakers on fibromyalgia, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, okay, and other chronic diseases. And I have a special guest within the next couple of weeks, uh, Dr. Ronald Sacconi, who is the physician who was my mentor and taught me an awful lot of what I know. And um, I would like you guys to meet him and to hear how he treats uh, various conditions. So, uh, again, thank you for your attention. I look forward to speaking with you next week. Everybody have a good, healthy week. Good night.